Hey there, fellow streakers. Today on The Streaking Show, we're going to be talking about negative self-talk, procrastination, and drag. How all of those things might impact you and what you can do to have streaking make all the difference. So we're going to talk about that and a lot more. Let's get streaking. What is streaking and why should you do it? Streaking is how you set up personal winning streaks. Look at who you want to be and what you need to do to become that person. This is Streaking. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jamie. And we are streakers. Through 30 years of marriage and seven children, we have learned the power of consecutive consistency or streaking. To start streaking is simple. You just follow these three laws. Make it laughably simple, keep a record, and join the streaking community. Streaking is your hidden superpower. With it, you will consistently progress and grow in whatever area of life you want. In this podcast, Jeff and I will share all the fun, exciting, serious, solemn, wonderful parts of family, spiritual, professional, and personal life, and how streaking powers it all. So join us in the conversation, join the movement, and start streaking today. So today for our podcast, I just want to say that I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Last night when the dog woke me up at 1.30 a.m. and I could not go back to sleep, I didn't, I didn't know. I, this, this has been a day already. I know, and he's, he's not on your favorites list. <laughs> no, Do you know what's not. even interesting, though, is he knows it. He knows it. He can tell every time. It's like he wants to be by you. To like say he's sorry, but he slinks over with his tail between his legs. <laughs> yeah. He like, he, he is, knows. He that. is literally in the doghouse, which happens to be the laundry, the laundry room. room. I don't so. know. Maybe we should put him in there right now. We're not We're not paying attention to him. Yeah, and he know. has not been a good dog lately. He has not. And I want to be more compassionate because we've <laughs> made a lot of changes. But on the same note, there's a part of me that's like... You're old enough to know better by now. We're not dealing with a puppy. You're 13, you're, you're which an means older you're 80. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's part of the problem too. Uh, so, anyway, so when we talk about way to hang in there, Jeff. Oh, so when we talk about drag and as far as dragging, I mean, I got up this. I was for whatever reason I wasn't able to get back to sleep, and that's a lot of times the case. I, I guess my mind starts wandering on all the different things. You have that a high level on. of excitement. And as soon as you're awake, you just start getting excited about yeah, things. That's the brain just turns on. And immediately I start thinking about this podcast and I think about streaky and I think about everything I've got going at Franklin Covey and my team and anyway, and our family and boys and what are we going to do this weekend? And we've got the new house. And we've got to get everything done on that. And all of that can lead to, you know, a waking lot of, up and staying up. <laughs> And a lot of drag. Yes. We had a really good conversation yesterday where we were talking about drag, procrastination, negative self-talk, and all of this stemmed from, I think, a conversation you had with one of our streakers, it was, Julie, wasn't it, it? Yeah. And it started off as a thought that I was having because, because we've been talking to a lot of people about streaking and... You and I being further down our streaking journey, we have some streaks that we've had for a really long time. And it's an interesting journey that you go through is that sometimes as you start to have a streak that you've had for a long time, I was thinking about, well, I was thinking about a couple of things. I was, I've thought a lot about why it's easier for people to do nothing than it is for them to do a little something. Yeah. And I thought your insight on this was really kind of not it was really cool and valuable because it helps give you insight into why you might why you might procrastinate and why you might put things off. Yes. And I think sometimes we give ourselves a bad rap and say we procrastinate because we just don't have self-discipline or I'm avoiding it or 
I'm not making it a priority or sometimes there are times that we're just like, I don't want to do it because I'm nervous. But I think other times there's a lot of times that we do want to do something. And my personal theory is that oftentimes the things that we're procrastinating, it's because we know they're important and we want to show that they're important by the level of activity and intensity that goes into the activity. And so when we don't feel that we have time to give it that level of intensity, it's easier to say, okay, I'm going to make time tomorrow or I'm going to carve out some time next week to really give this the level of intensity that this particular thing deserves to show that it's important, that it needs to get done. That's an interesting look on procrastination. Because like you said, typically I look at procrastination, oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. I'll get, in other words, I've got a deadline coming up and I procrastinate right to the last minute. For example, procrastination in school, in college, the paper that I was going to write three weeks ago and is now due today or, or it's due tomorrow, I'm going to stay up all night yes. writing it. That's typically what people look at as procrastination. However, at least that maybe not people, but that's how I looked at it. But then when you brought this up and said, no... Procrastination might be the case where I have something really important I want to do. And to give it the level of emphasis that it deserves, I'm going to put it off until I have the amount of time or energy necessary to give it the level of importance that it needs. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm that gonna, it deserves. That it to deserves. Show. And so I won't do it. Until I've got that. And what ends up happening is I just don't do it. I procrastinate it, procrastinate it, procrastinate it. And, and it doesn't happen. Well, but so then, and so I was following that same train of thought. And, and I was thinking, and then it doesn't ever happen. And then I thought, but sometimes it does happen. Sometimes I do find that time and I have a spurt, what I call a spurt, where I, for a couple hours or that day, I really make that thing a priority Right. And and I'm able to spend a little bit of time on it. So I was thinking, the thought came to my brain of, do if I was able to measure the outputs of each of the things that I do, so, and I compared the output of something that I have a streak for with the output of that same thing, but when I didn't have a streak for it, but I was able to have a spurt. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And so, and and in my mind, I'm thinking if I could measure those outputs, which one would be greater? Right. And and at first I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could do that? But then <laughs> I actually thought of one of my streaks. And the thought was, this, the streak that I have is a, a streak to research my family history, to learn more about my family and my family lines. And it's something that I had been wanting to do. It's a very simple streak. It's open. You have an app, Family Tree. I have a couple different apps that I go to. Ancestry.com. Yes. So the streak is to just do one thing in relation to my family history daily. Every day. So So sometimes it's it's very simple. simple. There's days that I just open the app and look at the tree and then close the app. And then there's other days that I write things down so that the next day I can be like, oh, I found this person. I want to research that. Um, one of my apps has little hints so I can go in and follow the hint and add more information to, to that family line, that family tree. So I do lots of different things with it, but the, the neat part is is the base of that is open the app, open the app. There is one app that shows, there's one section of the app that shows the contributions that you've made. And by a contribution, it means 
have you added a date or have you added some information to your family tree? Have you added something? It's and the output. It's the output. And so one of my apps actually tracks that. And I was thinking about this as I was questioning if I could measure the output of a spurt as compared to the output that I get from a streak. And I thought about that streak, the family history, and that is one that I've been able to measure it. So before I started the streak, I had had a few spurts, not very many, um, because one of the things that had prevented me from being able to do this particular thing was I felt overwhelmed by the amount of information that was out there about family history, and I didn't know where to start. And, and so I always felt like I needed to have a time that I could sit down and really be able to wrap my head around how to do this. And so there'd only been one or two times that I'd actually sat in years, like one or two times in several years <laughs> that I'd actually sat down and been like, okay, I'm going to look at this. Yeah. Then I set the streak and the streak is to do it daily. And so now I do have this record. And, and the interesting thing is the record that I have, well, I have the record of me doing it daily. And then I have the output of the app that I use that shows the contributions. Right. But that's only one app that I use. I have several apps and sometimes I do things that aren't on the app. So that, but that's only one place that it's measuring the output. And it has been phenomenal to look at the outputs that I had to begin when I first started, which before I started the streak, which was like in the entire year I had two. Mm -hmm. And then the next year I had zero. And then we started going up to the double digits the year I set the streak. And then the second year of my streak, I'm in the hundreds of yeah. contributions. Right. So huge amounts of output as compared to, yeah. to the output I was getting originally. So you were able then to measure the output, the output of a spurt mm -hmm. versus the output of a streak. Yes. And the streak is much greater. Now, something else that you had said, though, that I think is a critical part of this as well is... When I do spurts, I get a high level of endorphins very quickly. Yes, you get that. It's like this motivational moment where I feel on top of the world. And I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. And so I'm searching for that again. Whereas with a streak, I don't necessarily get that. And in fact, I usually don't get that. It's, it's, a very, it's steady. It's, it's a very along a steady, steady pace. So it was an interesting thing to look at and think, because I've been asking myself, why are we so prone to be okay with spurts and okay with zero sometimes with the hope of getting a spurt down the road? High. And that's it. Because you you spend all of these times looking forward to, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But, but meanwhile, all this time is passing that you're not doing it. And then you get a spurt and you really do it. And you do get that huge dopamine lift that that endorphins where you're like I finally did it and a lot of times you're like and it was kind of fun yeah. like I I did it I enjoyed it and so that lasts for a little while you get that huge spurt of energy and that feeling of accomplishment because it's something that you haven't been doing for so long and you finally found a way to do it and you did it for a while and you feel good about it and I was thinking about my streaks and I thought I, I don't have that same level of intensity of of feeling like wow I really Which did it is honestly one of the reasons why I think a lot of people resist or don't do streaking for a little while yes is because it doesn't have that dopamine hit yes that is so addictive 
and so awesome. I mean, when I've trained for and complete a marathon, it's like, yeah, I've done it. Now, I may not run again for several months afterward. Right. But it does have that but you have kind of natural a... high, that lift that just pulls you to another level. Yes. But, so I was talking yeah, about this talking with, about a, with Julie, with, Julie with a friend, and she brought up the the greatest thing. She said, I can see that. She goes, the thing that's interesting, though, is the 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 thing you're not accounting for. That's the way she said it. She goes, the thing I think you're not accounting for in that is the drag that you get on the days that you're not doing your streak, on those days that you're feeling guilty, on the days that you're feeling um, just like you should be doing it, but you're not. And she said, I really feel like that contributes to a lack of self-confidence as well as feelings of guilt and negative self-talk. And and she said, I, I don't think that we recognize the amount of energy that that drains on a pretty consistent basis when we're functioning in spurts rather than functioning in streaks. Mm. So I thought that was, so then we got to talking about well, be, about drag. the drag. Yeah. yeah. Because when you said that and she brought that up, I thought to myself, how many times have I gone to, for example, a motivational workshop or a workshop at work or or felt something at church or felt something in our family that I should be doing and get all motivated that I should do it, find time, actually do the time and have that that, that spurt, huge that huge burst of, burst like, of yeah, endorphins, I did, I did it. I was a good father today. Mm-hmm. You know, I took my boys and we went and played pickleball for six hours. <laughs> now I've ignored them for the last six months, but we got the six <laughs> hours in. <laughs> and I'm being a little hours. bit hyperbolistic yes. just to prove a point here. And, that, and the point is this. If I'm doing something every day with Bowen, with Chance, with with Ace, with Lily, with Natalia, any of our kids. I better mention them all, Rose or Megan, because they all listen. <laughs> yes, they do. And I will get a and text keep that track. says, Dad, you did not mention me. <laughs> but if I'm paying attention to it every single day, then what happens is that drag never happens. And I've no, I, it, it's not noticeable until you really step back and realize, I've not felt guilt in those areas for a long, for long time. For a long time. time. And because I look at the streak that I have, which is to contact at least one of our children daily and to make a connection with at least one of our children daily. And before the streak, I would always feel, especially with how much I traveled and everything else, I'd always feel that I should be doing more on this. I feel guilty, negative self-talk. I'm not a good father. I'm not doing good things. And then when I set... When I did things like in spurts, I had all that. But then when I set the streak and had the streak, I no longer, I don't feel that anymore. In fact, what I feel is, you know what? I'm going to, today on my connection, I'm going to reach out to such and such and so and so. I'm not going to use your names because. Because you'll get in trouble for that. (laughs) Because I'll get in trouble. But I'm going to reach out to them. It's great. And I take a step back and realize that, you know what? I've been doing that now for three years and it's. And I don't have that guilt or that complex anymore. So I love what you said because two things are happening. One, you're not having as much drag. You're not feeling that that guilt and that, wow, I should be doing this. But then you also said, I, because I'm doing it every day, I have those moments where I, 
you're even more intentional in what you could do. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I really want to reach out to this kid because of this. Because I talked to him last week and they said this was going on and I want to see how that went. And so now not only are you lessening the drag, but you're also propelling more opportunity forward because of the small incremental things that have been happening consistently. Mm-hmm. But it, said, it's, it's, it was an interesting conversation because it did help me recognize that when we have a spurt, you do get that that endorphin boost. Yeah. But when I looked at the actual output, I genuinely recognized that the output of a streak was greater than the output of a spurt. Exponentially greater. But you don't notice it when you're doing it. No. Which is just so counterintuitive. <laughs> and and but it's and so one time someone told me with weight loss, they said Slow, consistent weight loss is real weight loss. Super fast is not real weight loss. It's not going to stay off. You're going to put it back on as soon as you stop doing the dramatic things that you're doing. I think that that is true in growth. Slow, consistent growth is real growth. It's it's sustainable. It's something that's going to stay with you. Whereas spurts of growth, you, you may see it in the moment, but it doesn't stick with you. Right. And this is also, sorry, I'm just going to go off for go, a second here. You keep going. One you of my this. favorite books is called Make It Stick. And it's a book about how to make things stick when you're learning them, how to take things from kind of that short-term memory to more long-term where you're like, it's really stuck with you. And I've talked about this book before a lot on the podcast. But one of the things that I love is that same concept that... When you're learning something and it's easy to learn it, it's going to be in your short-term memory. It's not going to be there to stick. So spurts of studying can help with your short-term memory, but it's not lasting. Whereas it talks a ton about the things that you have to do when you're trying to truly learn something so that it sticks with you Hmm. and that it's much more effort. But the thing that they found that is very interesting in their studies is that the short-term effect that the short-term that you get when you or the way that you study when you retain it short-term is you get that same endorphin rush you get that same feeling like wow I really did it I've studied hard I know this stuff the the way that you study when you really need it to stick actually feels very sluggish and like you're not making progress Mm. and so it's hard to get students and teachers to want to learn this way because you're not getting that immediate gratification that you know it because the way that you're studying it is harder and and you don't know it is quick, but it stays longer. So it's that same concept that a spurt, you get that rush of adrenaline, like you're, I'm really making progress. But in some ways, it's, it's not actual sustained progress. Right. So you and I were talking about drag and you just brought up in airplanes, there's two forms of drag. There's good drag and bad drag, just to really put it basic out there. Good drag is provides you lift, mm-hmm. all right, because it's overcome by thrust, but you need to have drag or friction in order to be able to get the thrust, high pressure moving over the wing or high pressure under the wing, so you have low pressure on top of the wing, so you can lift up into the air. You just mentioned and make it and make it stick. Good learning often feels like sluggish yes. or dragging. And when you're dragging in learning, that actually is how you're making, how you're 
progressing and oh, growing. So it's good drag. It's, it's good what drag. provides the lift. Yes, exactly. Whereas if you learn it fast, if you you know cram for it and study for it, it'll give you a momentary endorphin and it feels good while you're doing it. But in actuality, it doesn't pave any new paths in your brain. It keeps you in the basic area where you were. It just gives you what you need for that moment in time. Right. I and so as as you look at it's a really good way to say it. It gives you what you need for that for just that moment, but it's but it's not lasting. Yeah, it's not lasting. So when when streaking, that's the good type of drag. There's things that are happening every single day that I'm doing. For example, in reading a paragraph in a nonfiction book, as I read that paragraph, a lot of times people could say, "Well, that is so slow." I mean. Don't you want an endorphin hit of completing a full chapter or a book or, you know, getting a book done in a week? And that may be true for that week and for that moment in time. But I've noticed as I've read at least a paragraph, it gives me an opportunity to pause and to think about that particular paragraph, what it is that the author is actually saying. I've done this actually in my um, scripture study as well. When I, I had an original streak of read at least a chapter daily. And what I found is that reading a chapter, I felt really good about reading the chapter. However, I wasn't necessarily growing as I would have liked to. So I modified the streak. I actually stepped the streak down to read at least one verse. And when I changed it to one verse, I now feel like I can soak in that verse for a period of time and I learn so much more. That, I would say, is good drag. It dragged me. It pulled me back. Here's another one for you for good drag. Um, when I we started our running streak, we're now on, what, seven years mm-hmm. of this running streak that we have, which is run at least run or walk at least one mile six days a week. Before that, I would train for races. And my whole goal was to get a personal best. What that led to was sometimes a personal best, but a lot of times it led to injuries and it would slow me down. So I would run really fast and hard on a Monday or a Tuesday and I'd be hurting so much I wouldn't run again until Saturday. And then on Saturday, because I hadn't run for Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, I'm like, oh, I got to catch back up. And so in catching back up, what did I do? I ran really fast and hard and I would either get really sore or injure myself again. And so it wasn't any type of growth, if you will. I just, I porpoised up mm-hmm. and down and up and down within the same arena. When we changed to run or walk at least one mile daily, my whole perspective changed and I thought, I want to be able to run tomorrow. And if I injure myself today, I won't be able to run tomorrow. Therefore, I'm going to either slow down or pay attention to my body a lot more significantly. And that has kept us virtually injury-free for seven years. Yeah, it has. It's been amazing. But And injury-free as well as running. Yeah. Still I mean, running. <laughs> still, yeah, absolutely. And- so I look at it. So there's good drag and bad drag. So the bad drag is, is the stuff where the negative self-talk mm-hmm. and the guilt and the procrastination that drags me and down shame and when it shame. turns into shame because mm-hmm. guilt can sometimes be a good can have a place I know, where it's I don't a, know about guilt. guilt has always been a one to me that I never see guilt as a positive. 
But if we, it, to me, it's a little bit like, like the pain you feel when you burn your finger or you, or you, yeah. you burn your hand or something. It teaches you, okay, it's not a good idea to put my hand on the, on the hot stove. Yeah. It, it gives me that instant feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't do that anymore. I want to make that change. So I feel like guilt has but that, a little bit of an influence in that. And I feel like there are different kinds of guilt. And so there's guilt, good guilt and bad guilt. There's <laughs> just like there's good there's, drag and bad drag. Yeah, there's guilt because that keeps Because oftentimes from... I, I look at guilt and I'm just like, uh, I, I don't know, because I can feel guilty about something and I, I really shouldn't. And I don't know how to describe it. I just know that I think sometimes guilt is a whip not a motivator, mm-hmm. but both are motivated. I mean, guilt, guilt, a whip is a motivator. I don't want to feel true. pain negative, anymore. Negative. I, I want, yeah. I don't want to, I, I want to go away from pain and toward gain. So I don't know. I've always just had a little bit of a problem with guilt. I think anytime that, I'm a very guilty person. I know. I think that, <laughs> that anytime that guilt starts to definitely, anytime guilt starts to turn into shame where, where you're looking at yourself and thinking I'm a bad person. Like there's, I'm just bad all the way around. There we go. That's a That's difference. a really good way to put it. Yeah. Guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. Because if I'm looking at myself and saying to myself, I'm a bad person all the time, then I, I mean, self-fulfilling That's, prophecy, right? Yeah. And it's not going to be highly motivating. Right. And so, but, but so when you've, when you're dealing with shame and a lot of that negative self-talk and, and those blows to your self-confidence, that's what I thought was so intriguing when Julie said that, that, that she said, you know, when I'm not doing things that I know are important, it's difficult to recognize how much that's affecting my self-confidence versus, and that was something we did see right so away. As a mom, do you, I mean, do you feel a lot of guilt? Do you feel that guilt is something that you struggle with? I think as an, as a mom and maybe I'm just throwing this out there, but as a woman, yeah. Guilt seems to be something that is because there's there's so many things we want to do and so many people we want to help and so many things we want to have impact on yeah that it can be difficult sometimes to feel all the imposing forces and you start to feel guilty that as you're focusing on one you feel like you're ignoring another hmm. sometimes that can be children that can so feel has, that way so streaking helps then with guilt yes it has helped me so much so much because <laughs> because I am doing a lot of the things that I felt guilty that I wasn't doing yeah like so many of them I'm right. now doing also one of the things that I am really grateful for is that when I have something that is really bothering me that I'm feeling guilty about that I I now have a way that I can change it I can look at something and say you know what is there a streak I could set that could help me with this hmm. That the other thing that it does is, and I've talked about this a lot too, is I feel like streaking is the methodology that teaches people how to have a growth mindset. It teaches you to slow down and be patient with slow, steady, consistent growth Mm -hmm. because you're actually doing that every single day. Yeah. And, and so that's, and, and especially in parenting, there's a lot of things that are, that you're doing at an early age that you don't see the fruits of until years and years down the road. Yeah. And so you need to have that ability to be patient. And that was another thing that was brought up to today, kind of in passing that I also would love to explore down the road. But, um, and it might've been Julie again, that said 
that she loved that streaking was helping her in her parenting to focus on the inputs and not the outputs, which I thought was such a great way to see it because as parents, our job is to focus on the inputs. What energy are we putting into our kids? What are we teaching our kids? The output of the decisions they make, that's not ours. We, we, can't, we are not making those decisions for them. They're making their own decisions. But as a parent, we have a, a huge responsibility to be teaching them so that when they make those decisions, they have as much knowledge as possible to make the best decisions possible. So that streaking for her as a parent helped her to focus on, am I doing the inputs instead of worrying so much about the outputs? Because as we, as a parent, if you worry too much about the outputs, you start to worry about what people think. You start to worry about how my kids look to other people, how it's reflecting on me as a parent. And all of those things can become very dangerous in parenting, not a good path to go down. So while we're on parenting, let's just stay there for just a second. I didn't mean to go there, but I guess we <laughs> we're are. We're going to go that direction. Well, because as we look at drag, mm-hmm. if you're a parent and you parent children, there's many things that you feel as a parent that you could do better with your children, whatever those, Always. whatever that is. <laughs> One of the outputs that is often used in parenting, especially when you have children in school, is grades. Yes. If they're getting good grades... They're good people. If they're getting bad grades, they're bad people. And Or if they're getting good grades, that means they're a good, smart student. Yeah. And if they're getting bad grade bad grades, that means they're a bad, not smart student. Right. Is oftentimes how, how it's the pressure that you feel. Right. And you and I early on talked a lot about this with what do grades really mean? Mm-hmm. Now grades are an output. No matter what, it's They an are output. a measurement, yes. And they are an output that is used to determine whether or not you make it into certain colleges or universities. They are a significant output that is used... Across the board. Almost universally. People look at them and say, for jobs and other mm-hmm. things, they're used as an output. However, if you get focused on that output, it can cause some incorrect behaviors in parenting. Mm-hmm. Incorrect in the way that you're teaching your children to do something or you're teaching your children how not to be confident in some aspects of when you're focused so much on the output of the grades. And you and I talked a lot about this in regards to, and I think it goes back to your Make It Stick book as well. As a parent, what I need to be focused on and fully aware of is the input. I'll give you a case in point on this one. (laughs) So all seven of our children, love them. With Megan, we started out and really focused on output as far as grades were concerned. I would say that that's how we were right out of the chute. Now, I had a problem. I've always been opposed to grades. However, I was so I was on the opposing side of this. You were on the side of get good grades. And I was on the side of the grades don't matter. Mm -hmm. Now... With that, though, I've learned through the years that, well, the grades do matter because you need to be able to get, if you want to get into any of your colleges or universities. So we've started to come to meetings of mind, but this is what I wanted to get to. So we have Megan, Rose, Natalia, Ace, Lily, Bonin, Chance. And as we've parented through the years, we've learned more and more to focus on the inputs. So now, Bowen, our child that 
we have probably put the most input into gets straight A's. Mm-hmm. And we probably pay less attention to those straight A's than any of our other children. Yes, that is true. Because <laughs> I remember... I, mean, I, rem- I, look at, I get his progress reports now and I'm like, he's getting straight A's. <laughs> and, and I remember when Megan got straight A's, we're like, hey, hey. we're taking everybody out to, to dinner. dinner. <laughs> right. Megan got straight A's. And, and Bowen will sometimes come home and be like, hey, I'm... I'm I've got all A's. Just, uh, yeah, and it will just be actually. Like that. He doesn't even he doesn't say even that. Say it. I'm like, how are you doing? Oh, I got a hundred on the test. Yeah, and so and it was this math test that was really hard, and he did it. And what I look at though is the the focus on the inputs, the everyday successes of studying, of reading, and what you've done, I believe, with each of our children and with Bowen and Chance especially is I'm going to read at least five sentences to them every day. And that's led to so many other things. But you've also then recently, you and I have been looking at and saying, how can we better teach our children uh, in the sense of streaking? How, how do we help them maintain streaks? And mm-hmm. we've recently realized that there really are streaks that we want to keep with our children because you just recently set up some streaks with chance. I did. I just re... re cause... But, it, but it wasn't with chance. It was like... I this set up a streak I want to, do with to work chance. with chance. Yeah. And and that has been hugely beneficial because he's not as motivated to keep a streak yet. Yeah. That hasn't been. And so I've been asking why? What is it about kids that it's harder sometimes for them to and maybe different kids are different. I'll I would love to study this with different parents and try streaking with children and see how it works. I think but for the most part, own... though, it's always your streak with your child. In other words, I can't set a streak for my child. Yeah. But I can set a streak to do something with my child. Right. Which is what you did. Because don't you have a, you have a streak to review geography with yes, chance. Yes, with chance. Because he, this in fifth grade, it was learn all the 50 states. Right. And it's been fascinating because he said to me the other day, Mom, isn't it so neat that like two weeks ago, I couldn't even name three of the states and now I can name all 50 of them in a minute and a half. And that's because because of my geography streak, I was able to be like, hey, do you want to try this app? And he's had so much fun with it, but he's done it every day. But it's your streak Because though. I set a streak yeah. to work with chance on geography, to do something with chance on geography each day, which is great because sometimes then I can ask him, do you want to do... Do you want to take the quiz on the app? Or sometimes I'll just ask a geography question. As simple as, is California on the East Coast or the West Coast? And that can that can be the streak for the day. Something right. that we did together with geography. Right. But it has been, it is a streak that I set to do something with him in order for him to have a streak. Mm-hmm. And so. What I look at is that then has alleviated... And for both of us, guilt yes. through the years. That's So that's why I wanted to go down that path is to come back well, up so, to the so guilt. So much right. of when you talk about the streak we have with Bowen and Chance to read, because I've always read to my kids, but not consistently. And right. that was something that bothered me a lot, specifically oftentimes parent-teacher conferences um, or just different times when, when the, you know you hear something that reads that stat about how wonderful it is with parents that, you know, if you read to your kids just 15 minutes a day, these are all the lasting impacts that it can have. 
always it says it that way too. If you do it for this many minutes a day, it's yeah. a daily thing. It's small portions on a consistent level. And I would read with them, but but I never felt I had that level of consistency right. until I set the streak. Yeah. And so I haven't had that feeling of guilt in for, seven years. Well, you just went to parent-teacher conferences and you, I mean, you felt great. And even if they're struggling... I feel like, okay, I'm putting inputs into this. And and that was, you bring up Bowen and his grades. The reason I think that that is such a gratifying experience is because in fifth grade, he, he wasn't reading. Right. And At all. I mean, that he was, was dyslexic. It was really hard. Is, and we were trying I mean, to figure out. a very out. difficult time. And, and now, and he still doesn't, it's not his favorite thing to do. But he feels more confident in reading and he's read a lot of books because we've read them together (laughs) and we talk about them. And that was the point of the streak was not to make Bowen this amazing reader. It was to make Bowen have the opportunity to find out there was joy in reading, that it's not all work and hard and comparisons to other kids, but that he could have that same joy that you experience when you read a really good book that a really great reader experiences when they read a really good book. Right. What I see is you now doing the inputs and alleviating drag. You you don't you don't think about that anymore. I don't think about it anymore. In yes, fact, the, we've all kind of gotten in on it together and we've talked about this quite a bit, but it's fun for all of us. Mm-hmm. We all participate in it together. So the drag is it's two things. One, it is good in the sense that it slows us down to read with Bowen, Chance, and whoever else is here. Whenever anyone else is here, we always read with them as well. Yep. And the other thing that it's done is it's gotten rid of the drag me down, weigh me down. I mean, you talked about how how there's some types of drag where you envisioned an airplane taking off with two bags of rocks yes. on its wings. <laughs> you know, that's Three bags. It's got, it's got a bag of guilt. <laughs> it's got a bag of negative self-talk. And it's got a bag of you have no self-confidence. <laughs> right. And you're just carrying those behind you in <laughs> the plane, oh, in the airplane. Logging it through. Yes. Whereas when you streak, you release all of those. And it's almost like you cut the cord on all three of them. And immediately you start to get some really good lift. And it's fun to fly. And you get a lot more gallons to the mile Yeah, in your so that, fuel. Well, so that was the other metaphor we were going to bring up is recently we moved and we have the Black Pearl, which happens to be our 12-passenger van that was pulling a trailer. It was loaded down with stuff in the Pearl and then the Pearl was pulling a trailer. Yeah. And when you say it was pulling a fully loaded trailer. Yeah, fully like loaded when trailer. you attach <laughs> so that it trailer. Had, it had, if you want to go with the metaphor, it had all the procrastination you could possibly mm-hmm. get in there. It had all the guilt that you could possibly load right to the top. It had every single piece of self negative self-talk right up to, I mean, the trailer was packed full of all of that. With heavy stuff. Heavy, heavy stuff. And so when we were traveling across Wyoming, we got all of six miles to the gallon. And if you hit any kind of a hill, not a mountain, because we didn't take the mountain way, but if you hit any kind of a hill, you could literally watch the gas gauge go down as you're trying to get up this hill. Yeah. So the amount of energy that Mm -hmm. the pearl was expending in order to pull that load was significant. So that goes to when we talk about our lives. And in your life, if you're carrying that amount of guilt that amount of self negative self-talk, uh, that amount of procrastination or whatever it is, you're using a lot of 
fuel to pull that load. And so what, no wonder you're tired. Yep. You feel burned out. You feel like you're not going to make it is because it takes a lot to pull that load. And what's amazing is when you get to the destination, what have you brought with you? Guilt, self-loathing, <laughs> negative self-confidence. Oh, like self-loathing. you don't even <laughs> you, you expended all of that energy and you don't have something amazing to show for it at the end right. because it was spent on all of this other stuff. Yeah. Whereas as when you were talking about um, the reading streak with the boys, one of the most fascinating things that has happened as we've done that is I don't keep track of how long it takes us to read a book. Mm-mm. That's At not, e- I don't That's even an know issue. anymore, yeah. but I spent a few minutes the other day. I, I do keep a list of the books we've read because I think that's really fun. And so we were talking about it while I was doing dishes. I was like, you know what, what books have we read? We were trying to remember when we'd very first started the streak. So I went back to my notes on my phone and just read the list of books that we had read. And it was so amazing to look at all those books that we had read. And some of them were shorter books, like, you know, less than 100 pages. One of them was an 800-page book. Hmm. We, as a, as a family, read an 800-page book. We've read four of the Chronicles of Narnia books in the series. Did we? Four really? or five, really? yeah. Wow, I didn't when know When I went that. back and, and, and I, it was just amazing to look at all that has been done in that time period but not in any way having any kind of a time limit on how quickly we have to read those books. But because of the consistency, it happens. Mm -hmm. And we have now these amazing shared memories of these books, both of reading them together, but also the shared memory of the stories. And so it's it's, it's such an amazing... That to me is worth the fuel. That's what I want to reach my destination with. And really the joy of the journey of going and thinking, look at all these fun books we've read, not the guilt of we haven't done it or we didn't do it fast enough or we should have done more. We're doing a little bit, but we should be doing more. All of that is taken away. It's all gone. It's all gone. That's fascinating. As you look at it, streakers, and consider self or negative (laughs) self-talk, self-loathing. (laughs) Self-loathing. If you look at procrastination, if you look at Guilt. guilt or any of those things, When you start streaking and you start aiming at those things that you really want to do, become, and be, that the the streaks, what you do every day, will then start to cut the strings of those rocks, of those loads that you carry that are not good drag and will actually give you the drag that you do need, which is the drag for lift. And it lifts you in a way that you really, what I found is it lifts me in a way that I haven't been lifted before. Mm -hmm. And that's across the board. As we talk to streakers across the board, a lot of them comment in the same way. And I have to suspend, I have to do a couple of things when I start streaking. And that is one, I have to suspend disbelief that it will work. The second is I'm okay that I'm not going to put things off to wait for that endorphin shot. I'm going to start doing it now because the lift that I get and the travel that I'll be able to attain is going to be so much greater and so much more fulfilling and so much more rewarding than will the just the endorphin shot. And by the way, interestingly enough, if you do it the endorphin way, the spurt, you have to have a bigger spurt all the time. Yeah. You can't you can't just now have the same spurt that you had before because you accomplished that. Yeah, it's got to be something It's got to be something bigger better. and better. And now I'm going to do all of this in one day and I'm going to make it all happen and I'm going to do it all. When in actuality, 
What you need to do and what you will find joy and reward in is doing the laughably small thing every single day. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's about. That has been, this has been such a great conversation. It really Thank is. you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Streakers, the new version of the app is coming out very soon and we are so excited for it. One of the features that's going to be on there is groups and uh, you can get together in groups and be able to basically do social media posts to each other on your streaks and talk with each other about the things you're most interested in and be able to form a group around those things. We'll get more into that as well. The other part that I'm really excited about is adopt a streak. That's going to be fun too. Which will be great because we've had a couple people say things like, I've shamelessly stolen your idea of a streak. <laughs> yes. And we want to communicate that there is no shame no and shame. you're not stealing. You At are all. adopting a streak because it's it's that's part of the community is you start to recognize how many people in the world want to be doing a lot of the same things that you want to be doing, that uh-huh. you have a community of people that feel a lot the same way you do and want to be doing it too. So you're going to see streaks and think, oh, I want to adopt that. I want to be doing that too. I, it's I not stealing. I it's adopting. It. Yeah, it's, it's adopting. And I'm going to adopt that behavior because I think it's important. And I'm going to be a part of that community and, and it's going to be great. So if you haven't had the chance to download the streaking app, do that and get on with uh, the community and everything else. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing that, sharing it with one other person, just share streaking with them and see... And just ask them to try the whole streaking methodology with you and just see how it goes. You'll find that there's amazing things that start to happen in your life. And it's a great opportunity when you're talking with people that are feeling frustrated about being able to accomplish things in their life to say, hey, I have a way that you can do that right now. And it's you can it's so simple. You could start today. Start right now today. Uh, Jamie's going to be speaking pretty soon here to a lawyer's group, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, If you would like Jamie or I to come to speak to any one of your groups, please reach out to us at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, at streakingmastery.com, or Jamie at J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. You can also follow us on all social media, Streaking Mastery or Streaking on any social media. You can download the book at Amazon or with iBooks. It'll be an ebook format. Or you can buy the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold. <sighs> Anything else? That's everything. I don't think Until so. Until next time, keep, keep streaking. streaking.